get me. From Studio A in Arcata, behind the Redwood Curtain, it's time for... Suckatash. Yes, Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's this episode's host from up the coast, the man who puts the X in Xbox and the tie on antisocial, comedy soundcast soundcaster, Tyson Saner. Saner. Salutone, estes me, Tyson Saner, and I will be your host for this, I don't know that there's a better way to put this, very special episode of Succotash, the Comedy Soundcast Soundcast, that numbers 302. Before I get into what I mean, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that Succotash celebrated 11 years of showcasing other soundcasters via clips of their efforts. That coincided with our 300th episode, which executive producer and show creator Mark Hirshon and I co-hosted simultaneously which might sound like an odd way to put it, but it shouldn't be odd to regular listeners who know that Mr. Hershon and I have been hosting weekly episodes, more or less every other episode, for the last two years. And it is really only on special occasions that we might both be bringing you the same episode at the same time. There's a great recap of episode 300 in episode 301, in which Mark Hershon brought you a quartet of clips from the soundcasts, Aristotle Full Throttle, Brilliant Observations, the Jan Arden Podcast, and The Knuckleheads. That episode can still be found over at www.suckatashow.com and wherever soundcasts can be streamed and or downloaded, except Spotify for the time being and the foreseeable future. Now, if you wouldn't mind my attempting to explain what I mean by this being a very special episode, I will begin that now. This is a memorial episode. We have lost a great many comedians in the last year or so. guess a bit more than that, really, but especially recently. I have chosen to feature three of the recently departed, and I based my selection process on my personal preference for starters, but mostly on the fact that there's a pretty remarkable photograph that Gilbert Gottfried, who passed away after, quote, a long illness, unquote, on April 12, 2022, posted to his Twitter account. It was of him, Louis Anderson, who succumbed to cancer on January 21st of 2022, and Bob Saget, who died due to head trauma earlier that same January on the 9th. There's an article on the Huffington Post about the photo that I will include a link to. I was, as many people were, shocked and saddened by the passings of Mr. Anderson and Mr. Saget, but Mr. Godfrey's passing really bummed me the fuck out, and it is still pretty fresh as I write this on the 23rd of April, less than two weeks later. When I saw this photograph, along with how understandably eerie it seemed, it inspired me to revisit Mr. Godfrey's podcast, which, in turn, inspired me to create this episode that attempts to both celebrate the humor and humanity of these folks and memorialize them in some fashion. So in this episode, I've got clips from the Louis Anderson podcast, Bob Saget's Here For You, and Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast. I will be including a classic Henderson's Pants spot about something called PC Jeans, because it seems like it could be the most appropriate choice for the fake ads for our fake sponsor that I have available to me. I need to point out that I will still be including social media account information after each clip. Quite a few folks have died with Twitter accounts, many of whom I still follow, and the accounts are usually maintained by people who keep the legacy alive with information about events, such as additional materials like unpublished memoirs, final stand-up specials, charities supported, etc. I will also be providing info to the various charities as I find them. If you know of any additional charities supported by the comedians featured in this episode, feel free to contact the show via the emails which will be mentioned at the end of the program. Okay, let's get to it 
and cope with our grief together. First up, the Louis Anderson podcast from Louis Anderson. The show description is very short and to the point. It says the Louis Anderson podcast is a conversation with comedians, entertainers, and others about their journey. Now, I've chosen a clip from an episode that posted on February 13th, 2015, in which Louis Anderson's guest is the Amazing Jonathan. And the description says, Amazing Jonathan talks magic, letterman, drugs, and his current health. Current, of course, being his health in 2015. Did your dad buy you a magic uh, kit? No, my dad didn't buy me a magic kit. I wandered into a magic shop by accident. And, uh, you know, first you're attracted to the novelty stuff. Yeah. You know, the sparking matches and the, yeah. and the cigarette loads. And, and then uh, you see your first magic trick and you're like, wow, man. Especially if you're not real popular in school. I mean, anything to make you look cooler than, than, than you are. Yeah. And that's what, that's what helped me all through school was, you know, it wasn't. My grades were really, really, really bad, and so I that pulled Mine me too. through. I was abysmal at the math, and uh, the, uh, all yeah. that stuff. I was yeah, just so... I knew because I knew I wasn't going to use any of that. And yeah, stuff. and I never was any. Unless you know, I was not interested unless it was interesting to me. Yeah, I wasn't well, the teacher made the difference there. Yeah, I mean, it's I had, true. we had a teacher that was a terrific teacher. You know, yeah. someone that, that would tell you that the moon landing was fake. So he would take the devil's advocate position and make he you would? fight. Yeah, he tell you he b- believes the world's square. Did he influence you? Then? Yeah, he did, man. He he did because that's yeah. something I would think you would say. He was that the moon landing, not not that particular thing, but I think you took that position. I would always, with yeah. magic. Am I right? Yeah, I, yeah. I like, I, I like to to make people like politically correct people, pissing them off. I love that. Yeah, I love to make because it's just uh, that's my job. Is to I felt like it was towards the end. That was my job was to to set those people straight. And if you don't like the comedy, get up and walk out. You don't sit through the whole show and tell me you didn't like it. But you never. I don't think you set out to do it. It might have been a... I think you did it because it was what you believed in. Well, I did it... At first, I did a shock value with blood. Oh, okay. I used the blood to shock people because it worked on the street. It got yeah. a crowd. It's like when you see an accident on the side of the road. Yeah. People stop. You know, so Were they plants? No, I didn't use any plants. You didn't plants. use any no, plants. I, I always mean, wondered that with well, magic. For, for a few things, that like when I pulled the guy's spine out, I would, yeah. I would do a pickpocket routine where I'd say, is this your watch? And he'd go, hey, yeah. Is this your wallet? Yeah, yeah. Is this your spine? And I'd yank his spine out. And did people scream? Uh, they, they scream at other things, you know. I had a guy stand up. Things like guys standing up and saying, your act's too violent, and me gunning him down as soon as he stood up and said that. You know, I had fake blood squibs all over the guy. And I you just, did? Yeah. I would do that kind of stuff just to shock <laughs> people, man. And, and did the guy get mad? What? You you shot him with? I the... shot him, and he was in the in. He was a stooge with blood. Oh, he was a stooge. I mean, no oh. blood all over him. I mean, oh, it, like, I love... it, yeah. Oh, they went. The yeah, things you use in movies. Yeah, squibs. Squibs. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> and then what would people do? With well, they, I mean, I, would they, they at first for a second be? They would. A lot of people are offended by my show. I mean, a lot of. Uh, it's Thank like a God, three, huh? right. Yeah, it's like a Three Stooges thing where the girl gets dragged to my show because the guy yeah. wants to go so bad. Right. And then, but the girl sometimes ends up liking it. All. Or a lady will come up and say, hey, you know, because I use I used the word retard, and I'm not, you know, that's a word. Yeah. And and I don't mind it's saying culture, I don't mind saying it. it you know, I don't yeah. mind saying it. And, uh, here's an example. I, I would get a guy on stage, and I would go be say, stay here and tell a joke. And I would leave. Yeah. But I would go behind the curtain and feed him the joke. And the right. joke was, why can't Stevie Wonder read? And he would say to the audience, why can't Stevie Wonder read? They don't know I'm feeding him the line. And I'd say, because he's black, 
right? And he's like, I'm not saying that. I'm like, just say it, say it. And I would make him say because he's black. And then I would come running out shocked, like, what are you doing? You can't tell that. Just you know, putting all the, hanging all the blame on this oh poor guy. Oh, my God, that poor and the, guy. And the audience, black or white, you laughed at it because I set him up for the fall. Oh, that's and I so go, you beautiful. can't say that. That's not what I. <laughs> and then, and then, how did you use the word retard in that? Did you? Oh, I used the word. Oh, I don't. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's been a long time yeah. since I've done my show, man. Seriously, it's been eight months since I've performed. Has it? So, and I've really forgotten a lot of the stuff, man. I, I'm, I'm afraid uh, that I, if you don't do it for a long enough time, then yeah. you, you forget it. How, how many shows do you think you've done in Vegas? Oh, 13 years, man. Yeah. 13 years every and night. And you know, but, nobody knows this, or maybe they do. They know it, but I don't. You're the guy who did. I mean, you. Did, you're the, the the solo magic show that was the biggest success of all time. Am I right? Well, I brought entertainment back downtown where you are because yeah. nobody was doing shows down here. And right. they, they closed all the showrooms because no, the business wasn't happening. And David Brenner talked them into reopening the Golden Nugget showroom. Steve Wynn had closed it, and Brenner opened it again, and it was doing 8 o'clock every night. And uh, Was Steve doing a show there? I mean, David doing a show he there? He was doing it there, and he yeah. was do- it was a 500-seat room. And he that was, was my first gig. Yeah, was that the Gold Nugget? Yeah, and wh- when how Steve Wynn had it. Well, he, that was in the, the heyday, though. Yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, Rat was, Pack, The was, Rat Pack yeah. used to play there. Yeah, and, I played later, like, you know, like... Um, when he had all the, I used to open for like Kenny Rogers and all those. Yeah, they had a lot of singers, country singers. Yeah, yeah. but um, so Brenner was doing okay. I wasn't getting along with the hotel at all. They had really screwed him up his contract. Uh, he was doing an eight o'clock show, right? And so they brought me in to replace him for two weeks. For well, he took a vacation, and we sold out five hundred seats every single night. And I don't even know why. It was just the right timing. My Comedy yeah. Central special was like a year and a half earlier. Yeah, but we sold out, being cross promoted with the other properties they own, with the MGM grab yeah. and stuff. So we sold out five hundred, and everybody was shocked by that. So they created a time slot for me, eleven o'clock, much to the dismay of Brenner, who didn't want the whole place to himself, which I don't blame him. Sure. And uh, but we got to be friends, and he taught me the ropes of what not to do and what not to sign with the Gold Nugget because they were, you know, being assholes to him, and they were being assholes to everybody who came through there. If they didn't make the money, they were they would badmouth them, and and you know Tony Orlando, the nicest guy in the business. You know, how do you bet? Yeah, how do you badmouth Tony Orlando? Yeah, open for him. I know. He was the nicest. I kept going. He's the nicest. The casinos guy in the could world. see through that. They, yeah. the other casinos went. You know. So you got a prick running the gold nugget, but that, the guy made me rich because we sold out every night. Yeah. Now, if you'd care to, you can go back into the archives of Succotash to find episode ninety-five called "Interfacing with the Amazing Jonathan," which was published in September twenty-first of twenty fourteen. The Amazing Jonathan and Mr. Hershon had worked on a project in the past called Ruckus, which you can definitely find clips of on YouTube. Now, the show doesn't have a dedicated Twitter account, but the Twitter account for The Amazing Jonathan, who died on February 22nd of 2022, is at all lowercase The Amazing J, that is T-H-E-A-M-A-Z-I-N-G-J. Louis Anderson, who died earlier on January 21st, 2022, his Twitter account is at Louis Anderson, that is capital L-O-U-I-E, capital A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. Louis Anderson also has a YouTube channel, and one charity that I found that was supported by Mr. Anderson with a search on looktothestars.org was Comic Relief, which you can learn more about by visiting www.comicrelief.com. You can also reach Amazing Jonathan's widow on Twitter. Her name is Anastasia Sin, which is S-Y-N-N, and her Twitter account is at capital S-I-A, capital S-Y-N-N. 
And you can find the archive of episodes of Louie Anderson Podcast at the main site, which is listed at Libsyn. That is louieandersonpodcast.libsyn.com, L-O-U-I-E-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. Next up, Bob Saget's Here For You, from All Things Comedy. Show description says, Bob Saget's Here For You is a podcast that is like no other. For one, this podcast has guests who are friends of Bob's, or just really interesting people who many of you know and love. Secondly, this podcast is unique because it goes inside Bob Saget's mind and then quickly filters out his mouth. Bob has a way of calming people he has conversations with, as well as being entertaining and often informative. Bob talks with his guests with genuine empathy and humor while reaching his unusually diverse audience that he talks to as a friend. Bob is the dad with great advice, the irreverent funny guy who's always there when you need a laugh, and the free associative Bob who goes off on crazy tangents, then returns to the subject at hand, as serious or as comedic as it may be, to wrap up each episode in a way only Bob can do, because he really does believe, quote, he's here for you, unquote. Now, this was the final episode. It was posted on January 31st, 2022. Bob's guest is Dane Cook. The description says, comedian, actor, and longtime friend Dane Cook joins the podcast for his final episode. Dane shares his journey to the stage, opening up about his battle with social anxiety as a child and how his parents' personalities influenced his acts. Bob and Dane tackle a share of serious subjects, including their memories of the late Robin Williams and Louis Anderson, how pain can develop into great comedy, and Dane's experience having to put his older half-brother in jail. After decades in the industry, Dane believes you don't have to be limited to one facet of comedy. With a brand new special on the way this year, Dane continues to cultivate new ideas and projects that allow him to explore areas of his career beyond stand-up. Now, this is me talking. There was actually a foreword, uh, a four-audio word? There was an introduction from Bill Burr that was included in this episode and also included in the previous episode where Mr. Saget's guest was Margaret Cho. This is where I'm at, and I've been... I have... Not since 1995, I went on a Banshee tour. People were always like, well, did Bob, when he did family television, because we all know people that are getting the kibosh for uh, things uh, and cancellation and family television because then they hear them on stage and they go, oh, my God, they're a horrible person. But I never stopped doing what I did when I did Full House. It did cause some... When I play casino, here's Danny from Full House and the video guy, and I'd come out and I was an R-rated comedian because that's what I found funny. But I was cognizant of it. I was apologetic. Uh, only one lady walked out in Vancouver, and I think it's because she was losing at the tables. That's what I think. But I mean, you know, I just I got my bad boy stuff done on stage, not in life, uh, is how I like to frame it. But with you. You've been through, you know, I have to say the first thing I saw of you gets back to your roots. You made a 35 millimeter movie with your own money. And I guess it was a 40 minute short. Um, no, it was, it was like 15 minutes, 15 or 16 minutes. But then I apologize for making it seem that long. Um, <laughs> it might have felt that long to some people watching it. No, but you were a dark character. You were going through mental issues. You uh, directed it. You wrote it. You starred in it. You invited me to the screening room. You were trying to forward your acting career to play right. a dark character, and you ended up doing it with Kevin Costner with a, a lot of different films. Right. That was directly related to what I saw in that room before Anybody knew you from anything except a couple of television appearances and maybe maybe a special. I think right. you'd had one special then. Right. Uh, but yeah. that that's your roots of 
the other side of you because there's, there's a few sides to everybody. You know, I grew up loving comics that could turn that corner and and show you that darkness in us. I mean, Jerry Lewis, King of Comedy. That was that was really it for me. As I was putting the pieces together of like, okay, I love comedy and I want to I want to I want to be a, you know, a showman up there, but I also knew like I grew up in a really chaotic household. We 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 joked about a lot of really dark things to get through it. And I knew and I had a love of of performance and I was like I want to be able to have that career. If I have a career, if I'm going to make it halfway or all the way, I want to have a career that I don't get pigeonholed. And I'd like to be able to, to play a lot of different kinds of roles. Tell, I'm a storyteller anyway. I want to tell different stories like the people that I loved growing up and wanted to emulate. So when I took my foot off the pedal and doing comedies, because I kept getting offered more comedies, even after I did My Best Friend's Girl, and I was also in such kind of an upside down moment of my life personally, and maybe not the happiest that I said no to a lot of things. Cause I was like, if I keep doing these comedies, I'm only ever going to get that kind of role. I'd rather just do stand up, whether I'm in Vogue or out of Vogue, I'll always have it. And people will know the right people will know great producers, great directors, smart industry. People will know we need somebody who's dark, but funny. And when that moment comes along, I might actually have access and can maybe win that role, but I'm never going to get there if I keep doing like the same kind of shtick over and over. So I, I definitely made it a focus in the last 10 years to, to move towards more creative cultivating my own stories and ideas away from stand up. Yeah. And the best people, I mean, Richard, uh, who, I mean, you got to know him. I mean, you got to be around Richard. I mean, that's when you come up, I mean, to know that one of the greatest that will ever live, um, he was in Lady Sings the Blues. And when I yeah. saw that, I was a teenager, and I I freaked out. And yeah. I knew he was going to be great. When it said Ann Richard Pryor, I mean, I was in the theater for Car Wash. You know, I, right. I saw him, and it was after the film that my friend David Permit produced, where he did it in Long Beach, the very first one. And that stand-up, his he had acting in all of his stand up where right. he was a junkie where he was you know a dark of dark life that could be and he played it he played the heroin addict um showed yeah. his person in with Diana Ross and it was it was um it was insane you could you could watch his his performance and and what's what i think the best comics can do in their eyes you can see joy and you can see deep pain. And he could do that. You could look at him and there was just something in what he was reflecting in that role where you could see his love of life. And then you could see when he felt through that performance uh, hurt by life. And that is, that's, uh, man, that, those are my favorite kinds of performers. You know, I, lo- I love right. seeing somebody who can, you know, t- uh, share a story even on stage and stand up that makes you doesn't always have to get to the laugh. It's great when it finally does, but when somebody takes you on that journey and, and can uh, let you in to where you almost can't breathe. Cause you're like, is this real? What they're telling us? It's great stuff. So you can find Dane cook on social media. He's got a Danecook.com. by the way, Dane cook is D A N E C O O K Instagram. You can find him at all lowercase D A N E C O O K and at Twitter with a capital D A N E and a capital C O O K. There's a whole bunch of shows over at the Archive, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. 
You can continue to follow anything that uh, his people are doing, I guess, or anything they want to put over at bobsaget.com. I don't know what they're doing with his Facebook page, but he has one. It's also Instagram and Twitter, all Bob Saget, lowercase B-O-B-S-A-G-E-T. Um, he had a Snapchat. I don't really know what happens to Snapchat accounts once a person is gone. But uh, his Snapchat account was uh, Bobster Claw. <laughs> uh, it's B-O-B-S-T-E-R-C-L-A-W. And uh, he had a TikTok, also at Bob Saget, all lowercase. I did find out that Bob Saget had also been a board member of the Scleroderma Research Foundation since 2003. And you can find more information about it at www.srfcure.org. That is srfcure.org. This is the sound of power. This is the sound of confidence. This is the sound of style. This is the sound of liberty. This is the sound of security. This is the sound of Henderson's pressure cooker pants. In today's world, the simple act of living your life can unexpectedly lead to serious, even lethal consequences. That's why you need Henderson's Pressure Cooker Pants. The power of heavy-duty stainless steel plating, combined with the flexibility of airtight silicone gasket sealants, create a fit that's comfortable, stylish, and able to withstand near-field medium to moderate explosions without missing a step. Fight back. Put the power of the pressure cooker to work for you. With Henderson's DHS approval pending pressure cooker pants, slacks, and athletic wear. Originally designed for executive chef assistants, marathon runners, and the military, Henderson's pressure cooker pants are available wherever fine culinary accessories and army surplus and survival gear are available. That's Henderson's, cooking up the best in protective fashion wear since 1863. And now back to more of Succotash. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Finally, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast from Starburns Audio. Its show description says, Comedian and actor Gilbert Gottfried, a man Stephen King once called, quote, a national treasure, unquote, talks with the show business legends, icons, and behind-the-scenes talents who shaped his childhood and influenced his comedy. Along with co-host and fellow pop culture fanatic Frank Santapadre, Gilbert is joined by comics, actors, musicians, talk show hosts, writers, and other eyewitnesses to Hollywood history, including Bruce Dern, Chevy Chase, Weird Al Yankovic, Adam West, Steve Buscemi, Mickey Dolenz, Jim Gaffigan, Judd Apatow, and dozens more. For a funny, frenetic, fly-on-the-wall look at showbiz, then and now, but mostly then, Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast was named Best Podcast of 2015 by The Village Voice and one of iTunes' Best of 2014. It has been featured in Rolling Stone, Wired, and the Los Angeles Times. Now, the clip I've gotten is from a show that was posted on April 11th, 2022, and it's a Bob Costas encore. I listened to this on the 12th or the 13th. Now, he passed away on the 12th. So after, uh, while I was working through the shock, I decided to listen to this, and this is kind of where I got the idea to do a clip show also with Louis Anderson and Bob Saget. Let me continue reading the description of the episode. Uh, it says, GGACP, or Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast, ushers in the start of the 2022 baseball season with this encore of a 2015 interview with Emmy-winning sportscaster, journalist, and baseball Hall of Famer Bob Costas, recorded at the New York Friars Club. 
Also in this episode, Bob analyzes Top Cat, imitates Howard Colesell, quote, interviews, unquote, Jack Palance, and recites Babe Ruth's farewell speech. Plus, quote, the million-dollar movie, unquote. Crazy Guggenheim returns, exclamation point. Rod Steiger emotes, exclamation point. Shirley MacLaine clams up, exclamation point. Gilbert sings the theme from Underdog, exclamation point. And the boys praise the underappreciated genius of Bud Abbott, exclamation point. Because it's a special request from Bob Costas. <laughs> An old Jewish man uh, is, uh, has, a, has a dress factory in the garment center. One, uh, one day uh, he leaves his office to go to the bathroom. Uh, one of the models passes by. She looks in his office and sees he's left his safe open. So she reaches into the safe. Just then, the old Jewish boss comes back and he goes, You're robbing me! You're robbing me! I'm calling the police! I'm calling the police! And she goes, No! <laughs> She goes, no, don't call the police. He goes, I'm calling the police. You're robbing me. I'm calling the police. They're going to throw you away for life. And she goes, no, please don't do it. And he goes, I'm done calling the police. She goes, no, I'll do anything. And he goes, anything? And she goes, yes. And he goes, all right, take your clothes off. And she takes all the clothes off. <laughs> And then, <laughs> and then he goes, all right, lie down on the couch. And the model lies down naked on the couch. And the old Jewish man gets on top of her. And he starts squeezing her tits and her ass <laughs> and sucking on her tits. <laughs> Bob Costas has climbed under the table. He's hiding under the table. He's crawling out of woods in back of Frank. <laughs> okay. He did, he did a complete circle of the... <laughs> Bob, come back to us. <laughs> he, 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 he's walking through the entire room on his hands and knees. You have to see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who the hell is Ralph Compagnoni? <laughs> I'm in his seat. Continue. <laughs> no, you got to come back here. I'm not yelling across to you. All right, all right, finish the joke. <laughs> so he's on top of her. <laughs> Third base. <laughs> That's the man's <Okay>. name. <laughs> so, uh, where was I? Oh, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> he starts squeezing her tits and her ass and sucking on her tits and biting her nipples. And, and he's, he's fingering her pussy. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to Sunday Night Football and the Olympic Games, ladies and gentlemen. We're at Belmont Park for the conclusion of the trilogy known as Horse Racing's Triple Crown. 
The World Series, the Fall Classic, October in the air, and so much baseball history surrounding us. I know you trust me. I know you count on me for highbrow reportage. Continue, Gilbert. <laughs> this is America's broadcasting sweetheart, Gilbert. You're ruining. You're ruining his. joke and you announce along what's happening. Okay. Okay. So he starts squeezing her tits. They're engaged in foreplay. (laughs) And he's grabbing and squeezing her ass. He is becoming more and more aggressive. (laughs) He's fingering her cunts. Somebody get me a thesaurus. He's a part-time gynecologist. Well done. Episode's going to need a part two. I, I, think, I, will. <laughs> I, I think there's a separate part that's just this story. Oh, God. He uh, lifts her legs up yeah. and spreads them open. And he tries to, to fuck her, but his dick is too soft. So he lies her back down on the couch. And he's <laughs> sucking on her tits, squeezing and sucking on her tits, and squeezing her ass, yep. and fingering her pussy, and fingering her ass. It's a, evidently a double header because we're doing the same thing in the nightcap as we did in the lid lifter. <laughs> Tries to stick his <laughs> And it's still too soft. Good, you, you want to do a sports analogy on his soft dick? He's, he's in a slump. <laughs> he's below the Mendoza line. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, right. He's not, he's, he is not swinging a hot bat at this point in the season. <laughs> so he, he starts squeezing her tits and her ass and fingering her cunt and her asshole again. And he tries to stick his stick in again. And it's still too soft. And he stands up. He goes, oh, this is hopeless. I'm calling the police. <laughs> so this, is, this is like the aristocrats. Yes. Because you could add whatever layer yeah. you want. Yeah. Right. And, and, and now, well, when I heard you tell it the first time, yeah. it wasn't, this is hopeless. It was, that does it. 
I'm calling the police, as if it was her fault. You want me to retell the joke? No. <laughs> no, my career is over anyway. So the show's Twitter account was Real Gilbert ACS, that is capital R-E-A-L, capital G-I-L-B-E-R-T, and then capital A, capital C, capital P. Host is at Real Gilbert, which is exactly the same as before, but without the A-C-P. Frank Santo Padre is on Twitter at capital F-R-A-N-K-S-A-N-T-O-P-A-D-R-E. And you can also visit his website at www.comedywise.com, C-O-M-E-D-Y. W-I-S-E dot com. Bob Costas is not on Twitter. And as a side note, apparently on December 9th, 2020, Twitter permanently suspended the account, which was uh, real underscore Bob Costas, after a complaint to Twitter from Costas's son, Keith Michael Kirby Costas. Apparently, Bob Costas had previously said he'd never join Twitter, calling it a high-tech version of a bathroom wall in a gas station. <laughs> yeah. There's a notice from Gilbert's family. I think it's on his main Twitter, but either way, it's a charity notice from the family, and it says, In honor slash memory of Gilbert Gottfried, who passed, quote, too soon, unquote, of myotonic dystrophy type 2. In lieu of flowers, please consider a donation to the research of this debilitating disease. And then donate here, and there's a link provided. Thank you so much, Dara, Lily, and Max Gottfried. And his website is and was... GilbertGodfried.com, which is all lowercase G-I-L-B-E-R-T-G-O-T-T-F-R-I-E-D.com. And here we are again at the end of the show. I do hope that you found something to enjoy. There are so many soundcasts out there, and none of us could possibly listen to them all. I wonder what the percentage is of comedians that have podcasts. I imagine that it is a large percentage. Personally, comedians and musicians are among my favorite classes of people. Aside from loved ones or people that I know well in my actual life, comedians and musicians seem to leave the biggest gaps in the world when they leave us behind. Thankfully, we have a body of work that we can revisit if we were to desire to do so. We can laugh and sing with them until we literally cannot laugh and or sing anymore for one reason or another, including our own deaths. Most importantly, if you love people or otherwise hold them in high regard, don't miss an opportunity to express the way you feel about them to them. You never know when it will be too late. I don't really have anything new to add as far as those sorts of sentiments go. I just keep on keeping on because that's what we do. We carry on because we must. So tune in next week for Mark Hershon's episode 303, and I will hopefully talk to you in two weeks for episode 304. Until then, be decent to each other, try to stay safe, and if someone asks you if you have heard anything worth listening to lately, and we come to mind, don't forget to pass the succotash. <laughs> You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy soundcast, soundcast, with your host, Tyson Saner. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SuckatashShow.com. On Stitcher. On iHeartRadio. On YouTube. On SoundCloud. And wherever fine soundcasts are streamed and or downloaded. Follow 
Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Succotash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at tyson at succotashshow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durgis. Succotash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the Succotash goodbye. This has been a Succotash Patch production.